You're listening to the Better for America podcast, presented by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Hello, everyone. This is Rebecca Weber with AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, and this is the Better for America podcast. I hope our listeners enjoyed a real healthy and happy uh, Thanksgiving this year. We want to thank our members for being a part of AMAC. We are the fastest growing mature association in America now with over 2.3 million members. And without you, we would not be able to do the things that we do. So please don't forget to go to our website. We've got a great petition there. Sign our petition to fight election fraud, amac.us. AMAC is watching out for you. Uh, Today, we'll be speaking with Andy Mangione and Bobby Charles. But first, I'd like to welcome Andy Mangione to our show. Andy Mangione is a passionate advocate for older Americans, and he has put this passion into practice as a key member of AMAC Action's leadership team. Andy serves as AMAC Action's Senior Vice President of Government Relations, and he leads much of our legislative and governmental interaction in the nation's capital. And today I'm excited to talk to Andy about some, what I think is very, very positive and uplifting news. And, and we should really be going into this holiday season with a happy spirit. So let's find out. Andy, I want to talk to our listeners about the options that are available to state legislators after an election has been certified. We understand that state legislators have options. Can you share with our listeners, Andy, the state legislators' role and their options with regard to seating electors for the general election? Absolutely, Rebecca, and it, it is important to know, and and it's kind of a uh, a crime that this is not being reported. That's why it's it's great to have opportunities like this uh, with this podcast to talk about uh, uplifting messages and to talk about the options that these legislatures have. Okay, Arizona just certified their election, and people are down in the dumps, but don't be. Okay, the state legislatures don't have to approve certifications, and they have options. Now, the Constitution. The United States Constitution specifically gives the job of choosing presidential electors. Those are the electors that serve in the Electoral College. They give the job of choosing these presidential electors to the legislature and the state legislatures. And unlike with standard legislation, there is no shared jurisdiction or responsibility with the governor or some random state or federal judge. In other words, the U.S. Congress is completely cut out of the process. So are governors, so are federal judges, and it's purely the, the, the job of choosing presidential electors purely falls to the state legislature. So what this means is that the state legislatures could even appoint electors and completely avoid or cancel out popular election ballots as we have today, at least for the president and vice president. So really so, what you're saying, <clears throat> Andy, is that even after the election has been certified... Exactly. The state legislator has the option of choosing new electors. Yes, that's what we're saying. Okay. So you have to ask yourself, Rebecca, why would the Constitution even grant state legislators such power? Okay. Our founding fathers are were very smart people. They They understood that unlike Congress, state legislators are the bodies that are closest and most accountable to the people. That's us. And And which is unlike state or federal judges or executives. Uh, They won't wield unilateral authority. These legislators won't wield unilateral authority without some degree of consensus because they're that close to we the people. 
Wow. Well, that is really good to understand and to know that uh, this this election sure is not over. And I think mainstream media has really done a fine job suppressing all of the uh, options that President Trump still has, uh, you know, as as a uh, pathway to victory. Uh, our listeners do believe, as do uh, overwhelming majority of Republicans, and even a, a quite a large uh, number of Democrats believe that this election was stolen. I mean, it just doesn't make sense that Biden would have garnered more votes than Obama did, and uh, the numbers just don't ma- don't don't make sense when you when you think about the number of people that showed up at his rallies, at Biden's rallies, and then you look at the polling numbers. Just really looking looking at just at that at face value, something seems up. So, AMAC is fighting very very hard to make sure that um, not not just for this presidential election, but that the future of all of our elections are fair and free, and we're doing everything we can. So, I do want to encourage our members again: go to the petition, sign the petition. Andy, what will you be doing with that petition? How will you well, be using that? Well, we are going to utilize it in a couple of different ways. It's an ongoing effort. And as of as we speak today, we're just uh, 155,000, I think, maybe more. Uh, people are constantly signing this thing. We've already sent out the first wave. And we sent the first wave of the petition to uh, state legislatures in those affected, in those six states, meaning Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. Okay, so we sent the the leaders of the respective legislatures in those states uh, received the petition, the governors, the secretaries of state, as well as the attorneys general. Yeah, and now, this is this is a way that this is a way that we can make sure that our membership's voice is heard, because uh, there is such a large majority of people, a silent majority, I must say that do truly believe the election was stolen and that we cannot just turn a blind eye and ignore this and just say, oh, well, and throw our hands up. And so we want to make sure that our members who are uh, very deeply affected by the way that this election really panned out, that they understand that we are making sure that you sign that petition, your name will be in the hands of those state legislators in those six contested states, and we'll be sure that they understand that Americans are, are disappointed that uh, these states did not do the job that, that we all expected them to do. I mean, they have a duty to the American people, and every f- vote should matter and should count. So this With- is great. I, I'm, I love it. Without a doubt, Rebecca, and keep, as I mentioned before, this is an ongoing effort. We're getting ready to send out another wave. The first wave was 101,000 signatures, but we've added many tens of thousands more since then. We're looking at uh, the Department of Justice uh, to receive the petition, and we're also going to be sending it to allies like uh, Judicial Watch. We're also going to be sending it to, uh, we're working on getting contacts, uh, President Trump's legal team, Rudy Giuliani, and uh, affiliated legal teams. I'm sorry, the teams that aren't affiliated, but parallel efforts like the one that Sidney Powell is putting together. We want to make sure that she receives this. Uh, This is like a 600-page document. and and, And we want to make sure that the people that signed this petition um, are represented by the same people that are representing the president uh, with Excellent. regard to election fraud. 
Well, you know, Andy, you bring me to another question. Uh, so I think we're all real curious, right? Because we're not we're we're getting uh, not hearing the stories when you turn on mainstream news. Can you speak to our listeners on the Trump legal team efforts and the legal actions that Sidney Powell is undertaking? I know that last week she filed lawsuits in Georgia and Michigan, uh, a lot revolving around the. Um, the software, Dominion voting software, which we know is very vulnerable. Can you update our listeners? What exactly, uh, where, where do you see the Trump legal team at and Sidney Powell's efforts? The Trump legal team alleges computer fraud, mail-in vote irregularities, invalid absentee and mail-in votes, dead people voting, people from other states voting, potential Chinese influence. And they say they have numerous affidavits and other witnesses to prove their case. Okay, so this is the main thrust. You've got Rudy Giuliani leading this effort. You've got him being assisted by Lynn Wood, if that name sounds familiar. Lynn Lynn Wood represented the Covington kids uh, in the the defamation suit that he brought forth on behalf of the Covington Catholic kids uh, uh, last year. Um, They are assisted by attorney uh, Sidney Powell. Although she's not affiliated with the Trump legal team, She's nevertheless pursuing her own election fraud case. This involves machines that she says massively shifted votes away from President Trump to Joe Biden. They all say they have the the evidence to prove this. They are not backing down. They will not be intimidated. This is not going to go away. This is not going to be brushed under the rug with the mainstream media saying nothing to see here. That's one of this is a concerted effort, Rebecca, to keep people in the dark. But these efforts are going on. Uh, there's a pile of evidence. Rudy Giuliani even went so far as to say that the evidence they have is of the kind that wins cases. So people just have to, they have to keep, be of good cheer because the wheels are turning. It may, they may not be turning as fast as we want them to, but they are indeed turning. They, they, they sure are. And I think it's just important that uh, we remind ourselves that regardless of the outcome that we fight for integrity of our elections. It is just so important. It is what makes our nation great. It's what makes us a free people. It make It's what makes us a government of the people and by the people and for the people. And if our voice is suppressed and it can't be heard and our vote is taken away, then we are no longer the free country uh, that we were. So AMAC promises to continue to fight on all uh, in all ways possible to ensure that future elections are free and fair. Andy, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate your your outlook and uh, very good information on both um, the state legislators. It'll be interesting to see how that all pans out and ultimately what happens, but uh, more to come. Do you think that we'll hear more on that towards, say, middle or end of December, uh, where we'll begin to, to, to see whether or not those state legislators take action after most states are certified? I think that it's happening right now. I think it's going to be an ongoing effort. Yeah, I think we'll hear sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later. Andy, thank you for joining today. Thank you, Rebecca. My pleasure. Next up, we have Bobby Charles with us. Uh, Bobby Charles served in the Reagan and Bush 41 White Houses as Assistant Secretary of State under Colin Powell and counsel to U.S. House National Security Subcommittee for five years. And Bobby was a former litigator. Bobby, welcome to the Better for America podcast. Welcome back. Always a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Bobby, you are a level-headed litigator, and our listeners 
and the average American feels so stuck in the mud right now. We are in the middle of a process, and a lot of us don't understand what that process is. Can you speak to us about some of the specific legal situations that are occurring across these six contested states? Absolutely. And what a timely question, Rebecca. We're in a situation right now nationally that we uh, have seldom ever, uh, perhaps never, uh, found ourselves in before. And I'll give a big picture and then a quick snapshot on some of the lawsuits in these states. Uh, the big picture is everybody in America knows today that this, at least if they're being honest with themselves, that this election is uh, a very squirrely, curious election. Why? Because we had so many absentee and mail-in ballots, uh, literally numbers in 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 almost all, if not all, of the swing states that actually could determine the outcome of this election. And that is the fundamental reason why average Americans today are put in this position of not having a result, you know, not having either Biden or Trump be decided winners. So what has come out of that is a series of uh, uh, open questions, really serious questions. And I like to think of them as being what we call mal, mismal or non-feasance. So that could be fraud at one end and they could be negligence and and just errors in judgment at the other end. And what do we do in a situation in America where our democracy, particularly elections affecting both uh, the United States Congress and the presidency, uh, raise questions? We go to the courts. That's the natural uh, course of events since the beginning of time, or since the beginning of our time as a country. That's why we have a third branch. One of the frustrations, of course, though, is that uh, it's a deliberative process. It takes a lot of time. And so we're in this odd situation where Uh, We know that there are constitutional deadlines for an electoral college vote, which happens the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December uh, by statute implementing the the 12th Amendment. Uh, We also know which was an amendment of the original Constitution. Uh, We also know that uh, time is is scarce in terms of collecting evidence. The thing I want to do is dispel some rumors out there. People say there's no evidence. Well, there's there's actually a lot of evidence. I've talked with affiants. I've talked in, in, in several states. I've talked with uh, people who've signed affidavits. I've seen the affidavits. Uh, evidence, affidavits are evidence. Uh, they're not the same as having a machine that shows you concretely that something has gone wrong, but they do present you with very significant testimonial evidence admissible in a court of law. What are we looking for right now in each of these states? In the grand scheme of things, we are looking to see a court case get to the Supreme Court. If two or more states, one of them being obviously Pennsylvania, a center state, but if Pennsylvania and one other state or two other states uh, end up being sufficiently in dispute, then that actually causes the Supreme Court, if the Supreme Court were to reach that conclusion, or a state legislature who is trying to send uh, electors to the Electoral College, which happens December 6th, if if any of those states come to the conclusion that it's a disputed uh, result, or the Supreme Court finds that in two states it's a disputed result, now you have put Biden below the 270 number. And that means that this entire thing goes to the House of Representatives as a matter of constitutional law. And if it ends up in the in the House of Representatives, as it has once before in 1876, then the number of delegations is the discern- determining uh, issue. They, they, these delegations, every delegation gets one vote. And by that, account, by that accounting, actually, the Republicans uh, would prevail 26 to 22. Now, no Democrat uh, wants to talk about that. Uh, they think it's better to gild the lily and say this is done. No major media outlet wants to talk about that, but that is the legal process. Yeah. 
you know, nutshell version, these states have very specific things going on. In Georgia, I won't spend a lot of time on it, Rebecca, but in Georgia, we know that there's a real systemic question being presented with concrete physical evidence and, and really valid affidavits by this attorney, Sidney Powell, on behalf of a citizens group that's making a very clear statement that, uh, that, the, that a particular type of voting uh, software and machine created an error that would affect the outcome in Georgia. Interestingly, if those machines affect the outcome in Georgia, since they're used in 2,000 jurisdictions and 30 states, uh, they could affect the outcome elsewhere. Again, we're under a time crunch, but if she can prove it, that could go to the Supreme Court. In addition, in Wisconsin, uh, the Trump campaign yesterday, December 1, filed a claim essentially saying that the absentee voting process uh, was it was abused, and it was abused 50 days before the, uh, uh, well, in, in short, that, that 221,000 votes could be affected. I won't go into the details there, but you can look it up uh, in credible law uh, sites online. In Pennsylvania, uh, there are several suits riding, but they essentially boil down to two questions. One is equal protection. That's a constitutional issue at the federal level in the in the uh, both the Fifth and the Fourteenth Amendment. And then finally, uh, they also boil down to the question of whether or not the legislature was overrun. Uh, and that, again, if you go back to the Constitution, legislatures, not election officials, determine whether or not uh, votes are counted or not counted, how they can be cured, et cetera. Uh, there are other there are other in, in Nevada. There is a live suit right now that uh, literally today is getting a lot of attention. Uh, but the bottom line is this. We, we live in a time when we are all impatient. It is in the nature of us to be impatient. And, you know, everything's moving fast, social media, et cetera, compounded by the fact that this election cycle with the COVID-19 virus led to this massive uptick in ballots that you couldn't see the person filling out and validating at the time they signed it. So overwhelming potential for fraud. And then yeah. the situation where everybody is really at each other's throats because th this, is a, this is an election that really matters. So in the end, I believe we should let this legal process play out. I do not think it is some kind of a hokum, uh, some kind of a, uh, the way the mainstream media is presenting it, that it doesn't have validity. I think it has validity. And I think the question is, we just need to let the Supreme Court get to the case. That's right. I mean, it certainly is a curious election indeed. We'll have to keep our eye on Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Nevada. Uh, there's a lot happening on there. We've got to trust the courts, as you say, and I do agree. The evidence is there. I mean, Giuliani spoke about the evidence. He, uh, We've got sworn affidavits. We've got uh, hundreds of people that uh, saw some things going on that should never have happened. And uh, Bobby, I appreciate you sharing this information to our listeners. And I want to remind our listeners as well that AMAC is fighting for you. We're fighting for election integrity, not just in this presidential election, but for all future elections, that every legal vote is counted, that every legal, illegal vote rather is cast out. And uh, that's what we've got to do to help protect America and keep our elections free and fair. Bobby Charles, thank you so much for uh, you know being with us today and look forward to having you back again next time. Always my pleasure. And I am so glad, Rebecca, that a AMAC is out there fighting the good fight, because if there was ever a time when we need uh, Americans who believe in the, in the country's past and future to be vocal, it is now. It is now. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Better for America podcast. To learn more about AMAC and all it has to offer, visit us at www.amac.us.